0: Do you love racing? Then you've come to the right place. We discuss current topics in most asphalt series, as well as deep dives into the history of racing, race cars, and the drivers. I'm NASCAR driver Derek Cope. I share some of my personal stories, as well as highlighting those people that shaped my career and others.
1: I'm Alicia Cope, and we also take on controversial and engaging topics on many subjects, including NASCAR, as well as tips and tricks that have worked for us in building teams from scratch, keeping relationships, and finding new roads.
0: Hopefully our experiences will inspire you to reach your own goals. Let's get started.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Race Theory. I'm Alicia Cope. I'm here with Derek Cope, and we are going to be talking about women in racing this episode, which is something that obviously is near and dear to my heart, but also to Derek's, because he has definitely had a lot of... Of women he has trained, uh, women he's related to in the sport. Um, We trained and consulted, coached a lot of women um, and young girls as they came up through the ranks in both um, the driver development side as well as into our um, running our Xfinity team. So I'm just really excited to kind of delve into this because I think some of the questions for the ages are, why are there not more women NASCAR drivers why have they not been as successful as male drivers why have they not gotten the funding Um, why has it taken them so long to get a foothold in the sport so we're going to really get um, down and dirty with a lot of these questions we're going to definitely state our opinions So stay tuned because, uh, we're going to be bringing up, um, some names of women that we think maybe didn't have the best of opportunities that could have made something. And then maybe for those uh, girls out there who would like to make a career in racing and would kind of know what not to do. Um, and the forebears that, um, you know, definitely paved, paved the path for women, but really got the raw end of the stick. So with that, Derek, go ahead and um, tell us some of your experience working with um, young women to adult women drivers.
0: Early on, I think I was working with other race teams doing some driving, you know, and kind of had the opportunity to have, you know, certain drivers come in that were female that were looking for opportunities. In the before that, I actually, you know, was in racing and would see other women drivers coming in. And at the time I was running the Cup Series, there were some women running the Xfinity, which was the Bush Series at that time. And you would see, you know, some of the difficulties they were going through. You'd see how proficient they were or if they weren't as proficient. And you would see what teams they were with. So there's always underlining reasons why male or female there's difficulties and there's always obstacles no matter what they are. But I think there's a lot more obstacles in front of women than there are men. And that's the aspect that is always debatable. When you are listening to people talk about women in racing, talking about opportunities, listening to commentators, there's, I don't know. I've always felt like that. They've never really been given, really, a fair shake. And you see things happen and they're made more of a spectacle when things do happen and there's more of a derogatory derogatory tone towards it. And that's unfortunate, in my opinion.
1: They've definitely been the scapegoats. And I think women are just much more easily demeaned. Than men, And so a mistake is, you know, double the cost um, to their reputation and because it's taken them so long to actually get into the sport. I mean, there's always been women, I mean, throughout history that love speed in anything, you know, from Amelia Earhart, you know, on up to, you know, Janet Guthrie. And that's a name that comes to mind, I think, for most everyone as to a woman who truly did have the talent and had the drive but yet she never was able to be successful and i know we watched something the other day about her and it was just heartbreaking at the end to see this 85-year-old woman woman say i still miss it i still feel like i never got the opportunity and so i asked you the question why why did she not get the opportunity she was obviously ultra talented very driven but she couldn't get any sponsorship. Why couldn't she get any sponsorship? And you answered the question so well when you said it was the timing. At that time, women were not even allowed in the garages, let alone be welcomed into the sport. Can you give us a little bit of background about timing um, and females in the sport, especially for her?
0: If you watched that show and you looked at interviews of some of the very, you know, high-profile race car drivers, the the way that they talked, the sense of what they were saying, they didn't believe, first of all, that they were good enough. Secondly, they didn't really want them to have the opportunity. They didn't
1: want them there.
0: That's correct. I think something that has happened that has never really spoken of much more, but I was very much uh a part of it and saw it firsthand because I was just starting to get into racing in the late seventies and I was carrying tires for Bill Schmidt at, you know, Ontario Motor Speedway. And I was going to Riverside uh for the road course there in Southern California and I was just starting to drive and I had a girlfriend and she came down to go to the race. And she wasn't allowed in the pits. Women were not allowed in the pit area, in the paddock. And we're talking about the Bobby Allison, the Kale Yarbrough. And that
1: seems amazing because that was just like in the early 80s. You think of now the women, I mean, if I told a, uh, a CEO of a, of a company who is a woman um, that has sponsored our car, they're not allowed in the pits. I mean, that would just be ludicrous.
0: Well, you wouldn't have a sponsor.
1: Uh, well, Absolutely. But, I mean, you think of all of the women that just swarm in the, the paddock and garage areas now, whether they're sponsors, fans, girlfriends, wives, whatever, it just almost seems like crazy to think that they were completely banned just 40 years ago.
0: That leads you back to the Janet Guthrie story, because that was the 70s. So that was where the gender barriers were and were very prominent at that period of time. They did not have equal rights. They weren't very you know they were thought of that they had a place and that was in the home. And opportunities weren't that great in pretty much all aspects, you know, from business to racing to those types of things. So it really was something that at a young age I I saw firsthand. And and then as racing progressed through the years, I would see those barriers, you know, come down. And pretty soon everybody is, you know, on equal footing and coming in and having access and being a part of it and, and rightfully so. Uh, but it wasn't that way. So Janet's story, I think, was really a timing related issue, in my opinion. If you listen to the stories and you know what was going on back then, how hard she fought, how proficient she was. There was, she was capable and she worked hard and she had spent her own money driving these cars, you know, these road racing cars and trying to build her, you know, you know serve her apprenticeship.
1: And she was incredibly up. intelligent. I didn't and know very that. Smart. I heard she come from what doctors, engineers, scientists, her whole family were like geniuses. Yes.
0: Very, I mean, very, very smart woman and spoke really well and could, you know, could relate what she was trying to do, could be a good brand ambassador talking the talk, which you saw some of those things, commercials she did for Haviland, I believe it was, to, to, uh, Texaco Haviland or whatever. And uh, so she was, she was kind of like leading a path, right? And yet she went and ran in, 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 in very subpar equipment, which always seems to be the, the way it starts. Especially for, you know, a lot, of, a lot of men, a lot of young drivers, we all start in very bad equipment, can't showcase our potential, but especially true for women, you don't see them really get great opportunities, right? In the infancy of their careers. And it's, and for a woman, those careers can be shorter. So the escalation has to happen quicker.
1: It does. Well, especially back in that day, and you even see it now, women are more easily distracted. We... Well, I'm speaking for myself. I mean, definitely, you know, Generation Z and even millennials are going to probably see this differently now. But, you know, even when I was in my early 20s and had aspirations for a career, definitely women think more about getting married and having children more so than a man does. It kind of happens for a man but a a woman actually plans for that wants that, and instinctually most women, not all I'm not putting us all in that category, but I could see where a distraction of wanting a family and taking care of that family is definitely going to play in her mind as she's trying to work her way up the ladder and if it takes a long time to get to that racing pedestal and a lot more money and a lot more funding, she's not going to be wanting to take time away from her family to do that
0: and again, I don't know this for a fact because you know, you always hear it, right? That a woman's biological clock is ticking and they have emotions within them. They are wired different. They, you know, emotionally, they want certain things, see certain things or attracted to certain things. And I think from a distraction aspect, it can happen quicker and easier because they're attracted to men. There is something maybe they, you know, that they want that in their life. They want to have children. They, you know, there is something there that does, that does lead you to where maybe it's the other thing that you maybe started out having, you know, a real desire and passion for becomes kind of like on a secondary secondary level. Right.
1: Well, and, and let's just, you know, call a spade a spade here. I think a man can detach a lot quicker. I mean, by and large, you guys can be, you know, for lack of a better word, you can be a-holes a lot easier than women can most of the time. I agree. And so you can end a relationship because, hey, this is interfering with my career. You're cut off. Bye. Sorry.
0: I resemble that remark. (laughs) I was that way. I was...
1: You said goodbye to girlfriends you loved even for the Two Christmases in a row. Uh,
0: (laughs) I I left, you know, the day after Christmas, you know, on a, a tour to go back East. And I did those things. And I was not going to be deterred. I think that you know, I think, and there's women like that as well, I think, but,
1: but fewer, but fewer,
0: I think so. I think, you know, being able to, you know, to set priorities and to not allow, you know, uh, you know, distractions and obstacles and be so much more committed to things and, you know, the com- level of commitment, I think in, in, in motor sports is very, very high, especially, Absolutely. and it has gotten even more so as you go along because you know i think the price of entry has escalated and the opportunities for that price tag have diminished greatly and the value has kind of like over it's kind of like dropped off a cliff as far as roi for companies so you have everything goes in cycles and there's there's periods of time that were better and periods of time that worse so going back regressing back to what we were talking about with Janet Guffrey. It was a time that she could not find funding. You know, she was—I mean, she was in New York City. She was at Wall. She was looking, you know, where all the corporate companies were at. She was trying to find and sitting in front of you know uh, CEOs and presidents, trying to find funding, proving that she could do it because she had already done that. Could not come up with the money, and basically died on the vine, and here's a woman that is, you're seeing now who is getting the accolades for what she actually did. She's getting the, after the fact she now is getting, you know, people to say, yes, if she would have had the money, she could, she could have, she could have done it.
1: So let me ask you this and we'll get into, we'll, we'll leave the whole, the funding part and go into the actual, you know, um, physical mental aspect of, of females versus males in racing. But, Before that, I just want to get this one question out as far as Janet Guthrie is concerned. In your opinion, if she would have gotten the financial backing that Danica Patrick got in racing, do you feel she would have been the greatest female driver of her time to this point? In
0: my opinion, if she would have had the same equipment to run at that time. I think that she could have been a stable fixture in that. Do you think she would have won? I think she could have won, yes.
1: And I think that's really the question here. We look at all of these women, and yes, they've got top 10s and top 5s, and they get polls, but there's not any wins.
0: you got to look at the time frame that she was in it, too. She did a lot in a very short period of time. Yes. She made major inroads, given the opportunity to do it week in, week out, testing, which you can do back then, which you can't do now. Every, afforded every opportunity to do that with quality people, the best in the business, the George Bagnatis, the, you know, all those people that were trying to help, but on a limited basis. Yes. I think there was a distinct possibility of that happening
1: back then. Yeah. Even her very last race, it finished fifth. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think
0: people knew she could do it and they weren't ready for it.
1: Mm -hmm, Right. The world. The world was not ready ready for it. Right, right. And the men in the sport were not ready for it. And the men
0: in the sport, they were not ready for it. They would put on airs and try to help out to a point and then back away.
1: Mm -hmm. AJ was one of them. Because they were getting ridicule from everyone else. What's a woman doing in this sport? So, all right. So let's go ahead and and leave that there and fast forward um, to the women that you have worked with. And I know you've got lots of names there and we don't want to leave anybody out. And I'm sure you'll mention a few of them, but... So who kind of stands out and why um, with the women that you've worked with and what made them different to the point where if they would have gotten additional funding, we know funding is always the issue here, that they could have made a career in the sport or been more successful than they were.
0: Let me start with some women that I think you know, we're in a in a period of time when I was there and saw them and maybe didn't work with them at that point, but for whatever reason didn't get the opportunities or the funding became a problem or they made different choices from a, you know, from them from themselves. And I think one that was really a talented woman was Robin McCall. Back, I mean she that's back in the eighties. Very talented. Definitely could have made it. Elected to get married. Have kids wally dollenback jr uh her husband talented woman uh you look at other ones there was shauna robinson she did a lot of things while she was here she ended up starting out driving the big old mac trucks in that division that dryden um, you know series that went on right so she could manhandle a truck and could speak well uh represent herself well i mean was a class act and did a lot of good things in the sport you know had poles in the in the Xfinity Bush series or whatever and uh drove uh a number of cup races uh so she had been in pretty much all the higher divisions i think one of the only ones that maybe has been in all of them i think she cup uh bush and i think she did the dash series as well and so uh very proficient so uh, somebody that i didn't work with who i i had a lot of respect for who didn't and and did a lot while she was here in a very short period of time was Johanna Long. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Yes.
0: And you were part, we were privy to that. I think you were there watching her as well. And that's when, you know, my own uh, nieces, Amber and Angela were coming, you know, of age in the sport. And Johanna was there about the, like a little before them. And, you know, she had won, she won the snowball derby, which is a big feat. And I think the only, another one that I won the snowball derby that I worked with was, uh, Uh, Tammy Jo Kirk, she was a motorcycle rider and very proficient. And she came into the Bush series and, you know, did not have good equipment. Did a creditable job for what she had. Did not have, I mean, we're talking about equipment, talking about poor equipment, but did a really good job. And if given, if given the tools and the testing and the money, Tammy Jo Kirk could get it done in a race car. Talented woman. Uh, so those are names of those couple that I never really have a lot of time with. Right. You know, I was around other women, you know, like, uh, Tina Gordon, you know, obviously Jennifer Jo Cobb, uh, saw, you know, Kim Crosby, uh, you know, we worked with, uh, well we worked with Natalie, uh, not Natalie, but Paige and Claire Decker, but Natalie's uh, cousins, right. Worked with them. Uh, we, you know, I have been working lately with Tony Breidinger who has been in ARCA full-time and then now is doing the uh, Toyota GR Cup. So I'm working with her. So I've been involved in those things, but I've seen women in the sport, like, you know, obviously, you know, Lynn St. James, I mean, very, very big name in the sport, right? I mean, did a lot in the IndyCar series. I mean, won the 24 hours at Sebring, the 24 hours of Daytona, won at Sebring 12 hours. I mean, very, you know, great spokeswoman with Ford Motor Company, doing a lot for women in the sport. So you got to put those names in there that have done things. Amy Ruman doing a good job in Trans Am, been a champion in Trans Am. You know, you can just keep going down the line and naming names. You names it. I'm just going to name some names out that, you know, you might've heard, not heard, but you know, somebody that doesn't get spoken about a lot now was Aaron Crocker. Aaron Crocker was a talented female race car driver. She come from, I think the midget. Sprint car world, right? Silver crown in that deal. talented there too. I mean, talent. And come in and, and started running the ARCA series. Had backing. Had funding uh, from Ray Everham. Did a lot of positive things there. I mean, really was a good race car driver. And fought tooth and nail. Was going to go places. Fell in love with Ray Everham. Gets married. Has babies. but made a choice so they've been there they've been having access but choices change directions so those are the kinds of things that you know you you see uh, you know Allie Owens uh, there was another name you know you uh, Cat Teasdale Mary Eve Dufau uh the road racing primarily did some bush series racing uh but from Canada uh but yeah I mean you can go right down through the deal you know, Leil- Leilani Munter. Um, Deborah Renshaw was pretty darn good too. She had a Dodge deal in the truck series and Deborah Renshaw was a good race car driver. Again, opportunities weren't at the highest level of equipment, maybe not the best people, but did a lot with a little and then got a little bit of notoriety and then kind of started to die on the vine. And I think ended up falling in love, getting married and you know, away they go. So you can just keep throwing out names. I mean, but you know, IndyCar wise, there's a lot of good race car drivers. Pippa Mann, very talented. You got, uh, Simona Di uh, very talented. Uh, you can go right on down the line and name a bunch of the IndyCar, Sarah Fisher. You don't, can't leave out Sarah Fisher. Um, you know, Desiree Wilson. Um, I'm trying to think about who else was, was doing that course. There's and and, and Danica Patrick, right? You have to name those people that have come through that open wheel thing. And, you know, they're that I, that have come to the United States, maybe from Europe or whatever, but you know, the ones that you've seen here in the States. Right. But there's been a lot of, uh, very talented female drivers that have done really well. And, you know, I think it's easier, you know, from a standpoint of driving an Indy car than it is going to a stock car. Um, and for reasons we can discuss later, but just as a, as a fact, I think that's, that's probably, it's easier to steer those cars and drive them wide open with the grip they have and the downforce they have than being able to have to manipulate a car with no downforce, you know, and you know.
1: So here's a question talking about, and obviously if we're talking about women are racing. You have to talk about Danica Patrick. So she won an Indy race in Japan on fuel mileage. Um, but she is, you know, going to be listed in, in history as, you know, one of the most successful women drivers. But you say indie cars are easier to drive as far as the manipulation goes. Is that fair to say? Well, then cars. Say,
0: I don't want to use the word easy or mm-hmm. easier because it takes a lot to go two hundred and thirty miles an hour or two hundred and twenty five, two hundred and twenty seven miles an hour, be wide open and turn left at Indianapolis. Not an easy feat.
1: Well, I'm not Okay. Let's not say easy not, as far yeah. as manipulating, as far as ha- mo- excessive movement in your upper body.
0: From a learned behavior, if you're given the opportunity to run cars, you know, and you've been, you know, proficient in other levels as she was, I mean, she has been in Europe racing. She run a lot of IMSA, you know, like G Trans Am type cars, GT type cars, very, very proficient at that level as well. Getting in, into some, right. Once you get a chance to run like, you know, F 3000, like she had in Europe and all that, you get used to running open wheel cars, you get the visuals, the optics are there, you get used to the grip levels, how the cars work and the way you turn the wheels, you don't turn the wheels very much. You know, you're like a go-kart. They don't, you don't turn much, you know, and you have downforce. So you can put enough downforce in the car where, you know, they'll run on the roof. (laughs) You run, they'll run upside down. So once you have that and you learn that the car is going to stay, it's a mind over matter moment. For you. Once you know the car's gonna stick and you're running wide open, it's a learned behavior. You can do those things.
1: So it is, is it fair to say it's less scary in an indie car because you have more grip rather than in a NASCAR vehicle, you've got a lot more movement. I've never driven in an indie
0: car. I don't know that. Hmm. I can't I can't say that's the fact. I would say from running a, like a GTP car that has enormous amounts of grip, it's a different dynamic. Once you, I think once you get to the point where you, you know, have that ability, you can drive that car. I think that having the grip level there, trying to find the balance in the car and getting the downforce out of the car where the car has got more speed, that it probably starts to like, you can feel it in your ass a lot more than, and I'm sure that's when it gets uncomfortable and they're very susceptible to wrecking and, you know, a lot harder and scarier to drive at that point, which I'm sure that is, but. I still believe that once you overcome those barriers and you drive the car that way, it's easier to drive the car wide open and steer it than it is to have to manipulate in and out of the gas and hang on with a car like a stock car, you know, when the cars are very, very loose running very, very high speeds. So it's a different dynamic to drive into a corner going 200 miles an hour with no downforce than it is going 225 or 230 maybe with downforce.
1: Absolutely. And I guess that's where I'm trying to come at why physically and mentally would a female be at a disadvantage just from the whole God-given, are we more scared? Do we have less body strength? Do we have less of something that men have that makes it more challenging for us? Or we have to at least achieve more or try harder or train harder or test more is what I'm getting at.
0: I would have to say, in my opinion, I think it, it starts at the basic fundamentals. And really, it takes, it takes commitment and passion and desire. It starts with that. And it starts at an early age. I think it has to, in the, to be where you need to be to have the, a wealth of experience, come up through the ranks, because you have to do it younger these days and you have to do it quicker these days. So you've got to have every opportunity at a very early level and have the funding and the, the capabilities to work on every aspect. To be able to find money, keep money coming, and to serve your time, and get a lot of reps.
1: Okay, I get all that. Say they've got the drive. Okay. They've got the commitment. They've got the passion. They've had all the experience. Just as much. They started a go-kart at age five, just like Billy and Jimmy. Okay? What's the difference from a female physical standpoint when you're in that car? What would, what would you say to the woman driver that she needs to work a little bit harder as an average woman than an average man?
0: Uh, killer instinct. Okay. I, I mean, honestly, I don't really think I've seen a woman that has a killer instinct that is not going to get passed, is not going to take the abuse, is going to inflict pain, and is going to, you know, be able to stand up to, I mean, the bottom line, you get confrontations, you know, you can't go get punched in the nose you know, and you can't go defend yourself, you know, other than verbally. So the dynamic is, you know, how do you go and do the things that the other guys are doing and have the repercussions that do transpire from those things?
1: Well, and here's a good segue question. So do you feel that women get taken advantage of more on the track than the average man just because they're female? Do you think they get messed around with more? So to speak, like let's go rattle her cage. They would rattle a woman's cage more than they would rattle, you know, Billy Bob's cage.
0: In my opinion, yes. I think it's I think it's definitely true. I've seen it a lot. And I continue to see it now. And I think that, you know, the women, they have to have really good equipment, they have to have killer instinct, they have to be willing to have the staying power, meaning that you can go out there, sort of like you know, and the you know, the one that's doing the probably the best job of, of fighting back and mouthing off and and not trying to take it is Haley Deegan. I think she's trying, but she has some backing and she has some staying power to be able to try and do that. A lot of the other people don't have the support system behind them that accommodates them to be able to go down that path.
1: Okay. So here's the next. I, I love where this conversation is going and I hope the listeners are enjoying this. So. Still on the Danica Patrick, not that I'm picking on her, but I did see. You how, might be picking on her. I, I, I'll pick on her just a little bit here when we get to the marketing, because that's my expertise. But as far as you know, from the driving, you know, because I need to ask you this. That's, this is not my expertise, but you were on the track with her in both Xfinity and Cup, so she did have the backing. Let's be honest. She had the financial backing. She, once she won that indie race, like you said, she got GoDaddy on board. And once that happened, I don't know exactly when she got it on board, but she got a major sponsor for quite a period of time. Even when she wasn't being as successful as maybe a man could have been, she kept that sponsor. They sexualized her, in my opinion, with that initial campaign. And she definitely became America's little darling. And NASCAR definitely utilized her she was in the right time you know if you know Janet would have been there that would that would have been great but Danica was in the right, had the right time had the backing had the sponsor Stuart Haas why did she not win why was she not more successful and hey, there might be some Danica Patrick fans out here that are going to hate me for asking this but it's it's a a question that everyone wants to know
0: I don't think she had the, she didn't have the amount of experience that was necessary in a stock car to, to make that uh, at that period of time, driving the cars, the way they were driven, the things that were going on, you know, she just, she was not capable of, you know, of keeping the lap time and keeping the pace that it took to win those races. At that point, she was not being able to manipulate a race car. You can drive a race car. A lot of people can drive a race car, but to be able to manipulate a race car is a different thing. She couldn't manipulate a race car.
1: Well, she had trouble in um, traffic. She had a lot of, of trouble in traffic. You could see that. And she was, you know, she'd always whine. She got collected in a lot of wrecks. She was wrecked a lot. Um, is that something, is that a skill that's learned with experience or is that a, uh, an instinct that you have to be able to react quicker and, and not always get yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time?
0: Well, there's, you mean, again, different disciplines she started in. The air, you know, is different in an Indy car than it is in a in a stock car. The way that car spills off, race cars, you know, are way different. Indy cars, you know, um, they're a different type of projectile. The air is on wings, and it's got you know open wheels, and you've got buffeting. You still got dirty air, and just problems there as well. But the whole dynamics a lot different. You utilize the air differently in a stock car than you would in an indie car. You pack air. You use air. You, there's more sensations you have to understand. Cowls were important then. Where, how is the air? How is the engine reacting to the cowl? When do you move out and find the air? There's a lot of things that are different. I don't think she really ever you know, learned those things or you know, got proficient in knowing those. They didn't become instinctive. They didn't become a part where she just instinctively saw it, felt it, and reacted. It's a, it was taking time. And you know, when you start in a discipline, you become proficient in that discipline, you stay in that discipline. That's how you gain all the experience. That's how that's how the experience, you know, escalates. When you move from one to another and another, it's a different dynamic. You're trying to learn them all over again. I mean, look at Steve Kinzer when he came into from a world of outlaws, couldn't make the cut. I mean, you got great Dario Franchitti. You know, Montoya made a made a made a made a transition, right? Robbie Gordon made the transition, but to the levels of where they were at, maybe not. So again, I think it's the same dynamic is what the discipline you become the most proficient at and have the most time and experience doing.
1: That's a, that is absolutely, uh, that's a great, um, takeaway, the experience that it takes, the time that it takes. And she wasn't in NASCAR for a whole long period of time, but I'm gonna answer this. I'm I I, I'm gonna answer this question, but I'm also gonna ask this question. I know I know what I'm gonna say, but I'm gonna ask you. So why did she not stay longer?
0: I don't know. You'd have to ask her.
1: (laughs) Well, it comes down to sponsorship. It comes down to money. You know, you're not gonna continue as a as an owner even of a multi-million billion dollar company, you're not going to keep someone in your car. Um, That's not winning and that's not running up front. And the other thing is they've got to be a, a good spokesperson for your brand. And I know from firsthand experience being in press conferences, she was not good at that. And although she was like a media darling, she was not friendly with the media and she was not friendly with the fans, in my opinion of the experiences that I've had with her in the Xfinity in the cup garage, having fans and sponsors there. And I think that's huge. If you can't do that, you're not going to have longevity, but especially if you're in a very high echelon ride, that takes a lot more money. And so your sponsors and your brands, they've got to be happy with you. They've got, you've got to, you know, as a female go above and beyond the call of duty and make yourself available for all those opportunities. And she definitely was very successful. I'm not going to take that away from her. Very talented and multifaceted in so many things. And obviously she has a brilliant career as an author and everything else that she's doing now. Um, but she's definitely a case study. We're talking about females in racing. That's a name that everybody, unless you're living under a rock is going to know. And so taking her as an example of can women make it in racing? I think some of the key takeaways are, yes, you have to have the experience. Yes, you have to have the drive, the grit, the killer instinct. But you also have to, as a woman, it's so difficult to play both the sweet and the nasty, to bl- play both, I'm a brand ambassador, but also I'm not going to take any crap off of anybody on the, on the field. And men are able to do it easier just because they're men. But for the females, it's, it's going to be a lot harder to play double duty there.
0: It's easier for a man to stick up for himself it's not as easy for a woman. You know, how do you fight your battles when things when tempers flare? You watch all these races, all the every time you have a race, tempers flare. Somebody's wrong. You can't put three race car drivers come up with the same story on any given you know incident anyways. So there's always going to be confrontation. And what are you going to do when a woman gets up in your face, right? Instead of when a guy gets up in your face, what happens when you see, you know, Bubba Wallace and get in front of, uh, in the face of, uh, Kyle Larson, there's a push and shoving match. Do you see that when a woman does that? No. What are you going to do when a woman comes up and gets in your face? You know, they don't want that. They don't like that. And well, how do you deal with that, that situation? So it, there's a lot of dynamics that are different and you know, it's the staying power, you know, at the time that she was there, it had, you had to find a lot of money to stay in the sport. And you could tell that the quality of sponsors that she had were diminishing. So, you know, again, things run their course. And I think she started seeing and that she wasn't going to be able to be at the level she wanted to be long term. And I think that she was looking for an exit strategy and felt like, you know, the time was right. She was young. She was not hurt in any of those things. She still had a lot of life ahead of her. And she had Obviously, obviously, amassed uh, a lot of wealth and notoriety and was going to take it to the next phase of her life, which is fine and, and good. Uh, but for other young women that are out there looking at, you know, wanting to make a career of themselves, there's a lot of young women out there, right? You know, you got, you know, still Natalie Decker, Pound on the Pavement, Tony Breidinger, Amber Balkan, Haley Deegan. Uh, there's a lot of and younger ones that I'm not even naming, right? But there's a lot of them. And girls like that we had, you know, a while back when we were doing driver development. Caitlin Lear. There's a girl who had an enormous amount of talent, you know, in a micro and, you know, sprint car, midget stuff. And we tried, we got her on asphalt. She made the transition. She could do it. She could. And we wanted to try and find money for her.
1: And she spoke very well. She spoke respectful. well. She even knew how to work on the car. She was the whole package. Absolutely.
0: But did we find money for her? No. Could we talk to other people that we could just to get opportunities for her? No. We, we found money until it, bites. yeah,
1: we found money until it dried up. We could find small sponsorships, yeah. but again, she, when you can't get the opportunity, you can't get the money, and if you can't get the money, you can't get the opportunity. Right. It becomes that real vicious cycle, and then she grows up
0: uh, exactly,
1: and she has to choose you, you a career. A ti- and a, as a woman,
0: sometimes your timeline is fleeting; it's shorter, right? So, but you know, this day and age. The people that are finding avenues are, you know, either they're realizing how much social media is a major factor now, and they're utilizing that And I think that's to
1: a female advantage.
0: Absolutely. And influencers. You see a lot of female influencers because they're catering to women and products of women. So, you know, there is avenues. There is ways. But. You've got to get outside the box. You've got to think about it, right? And how much of that do you got to do that takes away from your time in the race car or going and testing? But, you know, it's like it's a necessary evil. That's how you get the money. But you need to put that money into what you do and you need to be working out. You need to be going and testing other cars. You need to get test sessions because they don't allow it in your sport. You better find other ways to get it. That's how you have to do it. So you have to take the case studies of people like the Danica Patricks and what, they, what did they do right? And what did they do wrong? And you better find a way to emulate the things they did right, expand on them, and then get outside the box and do other things that they didn't do or weren't capable of doing or wouldn't do. Right. So you have to break down all the things that make up the female race driver mold.
1: Because I think you and I have both established that it's twice as hard. It is. It is. To be a female in this sport. It is. Yes. And I think,
0: you know, and the opportunities aren't as plentiful. And when you get one there and you get to a point where like, you know, like Haley Deegan is right now, she's at the, the highest level of a female had really for, I think, long term, you know, that we've seen. She's at the, at the Xfinity level. Right.
1: Well, and Tony is uh, the one that you're working with. Um, has uh, uh, a brilliant career ahead of her as well. If she continues down, she's, her path.
0: she's doing well, she needs to continue her path. Right. And, but I mean, she's doing a lot of it with her social media and what she's doing there, but she's in the ARCA program. Now she's doing some more road racing and, and trying to get more proficient on the road, road, road racing aspects where she's doing that GR 86 thing. So yeah, you have to, you have to have thoughts on how you progress your career and what are the best things to do that? To be well-rounded. You need to be well-rounded. You have to be able to be good on road courses. You have to be good on oval tracks. You have to be good at you know, at public speaking. You've got to represent a product. You know, for her, I mean, she has got a lot of great opportunities. She needs seat time, and she needs to stay at the thing and stay diligent, and she needs to keep her focus on what she's doing.
1: And I think, you're speaking to all females out there, I think what we have really established talking about from the Janet Guthrie's all the way up to the Danica Patrick. That it takes the time and you've got, I mean, everyone, males included, have to learn all these things you just mentioned, but for a woman to make it long-term, it's incredibly important for her to have the seat time. And the only way you're going to get that extra seat time and that extra experience and that extra manipulation of this car and getting out there and getting the respect from the other males is to be in more races and show up every single week and try every single discipline. And that is only going to come if you're not distracted. And I think distractions are more plentiful for women than they are for men.
0: You have to put the work in. Everyone does. But distractions, obstacles, obstacles. Alter your path. We've talked about it before in our in the book and the ebook, in all the conversations we've had, in my own ways that I perceive uh, work ethic should be. It all comes down to preparation, meeting, opportunity, right? We've always said it. It is a very good adage. You have to put the work in, but you have to put it in every facet. And it takes time, energy, and it takes money. So you have to figure out, like you say, you got to break it all down. You have to dissect everything. You're the mechanism. You got to figure out how you break it out, what you surround yourself with, and what things, you ancillary things that you bring in and utilize to the fullest degree of the world and keep getting reps, keep getting opportunities in the car and you keep doing it and you keep building your brand, building your experience and building some type of notoriety, but you want to gain the experience and you need credibility. Yes. So you have to work on all those things but the way to do that keep your mouth shut do your job in the race car show up as a race car driver right you can't be a profiler a woman especially cannot be a profiler it can't be about the notoriety it can't be about the image it can't be about all of those things you have to come there ready to get in the race car
1: and that is one thing that it done. Danica did very well i will have to admit she could be you know As sexy as can be on her GoDaddy commercial. However, when she showed up to the racetrack, hair pulled back in a ponytail, no makeup, ready to go. And that, I actually said that to a female uh, driver we had in driver development there in in Kansas. I said, you know, you showing up looking like this, you're not going to be taken as serious. And that's sad because as women, we want to be attractive. But. But. There is a point. There's
0: always a but. Perception is reality. So if you have a look or you, it's part of your brand, it's part of your mechanism, I think you have to look at everything different. And the world changes. And I, I talk about a mechanism because you are the mechanism. You are what you have to present to people when you walk in the room, when you walk in the racetrack, when you walk into the press room. Every time you are doing something, you're on display. So if you can look the part, be the part, talk the part, but walk the part, it all comes together. You have to pick how you want to present yourself, how you want to be perceived. Can you carry off both deals? The bottom line is you have to win. Bottom line is you have to be proficient. You You have to get it done in the race car. Figure out what it's going to take to get that part of it done. The rest will come if you can do that. So those are the things that I look at from, a, from a, you know, a racer's perspective, as well as the female perspective. It's a lot bigger hill to climb for the female because there's so many other things, like you say, the distractions. And I think the perception from all the outside rhetoric is tough to swallow.
1: I think it's tougher to swallow. It is tougher to you swallow. You get more of it and it affects us more deeply. As much as we want to say, we're just as tough as a man. Some of those hits, I mean, you know, we're always taught as little girls that sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. Well, that's not true. Words do hurt. And I've seen them hurt some of our females and it's not fair. And and it's not right.
0: And it comes in the form of social media. Well, and
1: it comes in the forms from the mouths of males. That's
0: correct. So it is, it's tough. And we're not denying that fact. And there's a lot to be seen. There's a lot that's coming down the pipe here. And I think there's a lot more to talk about from this standpoint down the road. And then we will get into this because I want to bring on some female race car drivers as guests. I want to talk about them in their own words, let them talk. I want to preface it with this episode so that when we do do some of those things, you can kind of fall back and say, okay, we've spoke about these things. Now give us a realistic, you know, uh, you know, excerpt of what you've gone through and how you see it now. It will be good for the, for all of our, of our listeners, I think as yes. we progress.
1: And I think it's exciting. We want to have females in racing. We want to have females in NASCAR. We want that. So please know that this discussion in no way was saying that they can't make it. They can. There's some things we need to overcome but I think the future is bright for women in racing and I can't wait to see where it leads. Yes,
0: I think it's exciting and there's a lot more to come. So we're going to wrap it up here on Race Theory for this episode, but uh, we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Did this episode give you some value? If so, please follow us on Facebook at Derek Cope and Instagram at Derek Cope 00 and leave a comment or question and use hashtag Race Theory. We can't wait to hear from you.